was part of them. Now, if we take that to now, we can't use that same mindset because of the dispensation that we are in. Um, we are in the dispensation of grace. So the blood of Jesus um, has brought us to a place where we are not, we want others to understand the grace of God to bring people in. Um, and I think that that is like the big, I think the big, the big difference is God's purpose and the season and time that um, Daniel is in and the season and time that we are in. I tried. Yeah, you did. And it's good. I'm just focusing on this recording. I hate these new iPhones, you know. I really do. Some some way, somehow, the recording stopped at 29 minutes. So I'm trying to do a new recording. So that, so I'm sure a, a portion of our message will probably be missing out. Amen. So that's what I was looking at. But that's exactly correct. Um, go with me to Colossians chapter 2. Who else would like to... Let, let me take one more opinion, then we'll go to Colossians chapter 2 and another supporting scripture. I'd like to take one more opinion on this. Nobody? Um, just to add to what uh, build on what Pastor Jessica said. So, um, like uh, Pastor Jessica said, in, in Daniel's dispensation, his his righteousness was dependent on on some of these things, being able to separate himself from these things to to demonstrate the fact that um, he he was standing for God or he belonged to God. I mean, his holiness was. Um, dependent on some of these things but in our dispensation um, uh, our righteousness is in Christ so it's not dependent on, on some of this, um, these things Amen Colossians chapter 2 let's, let's start from verse 11 let me read into verse 16. My my key verse is 16, but um, let's read from verse 11. Then when we read into verse 16, it makes sense. <clears throat> Excuse me. In him, you are also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. So the author here, who is also Paul, talks about two kinds of circumcision. The popular one, which we all know, which is the physical one done on male children and then the spiritual one and paul is saying that gentiles who have not circumcised when they come into the faith they are circumcised but this time it is not without hands but is by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of christ so christ's death was also a form of circumcision so when we receive christ as our lord and personal savior we also can call ourselves the circumcised. Not because we have undergone that biological exercise, but because we have put off the body of the sins of the flesh by renouncing them 
and by receiving Christ as our Lord and personal Savior. 12. Buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh. So when the Bible talks about the uncircumcision of your flesh, it's basically talking about your heart. Is it like I use the word da-hearted? And I remember um, two or three weeks ago, Pastor Jessica asked a question about it. When we say someone is da-hearted, that means you are not receptive to the things of God and your heart cannot perceive the gospel. You are da-hearted. And when you are dull-hearted, it means you are uncircumcised. Amen. He has made a life together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements. So Christ did not just forgive us of our sins. He also wiped the handwriting of requirements that was against us, not for us, against us. Because it was never going to merit us as righteous. The law was a demerit to our righteousness. That's why it was against us. So no matter how much we try to fulfill all the requirements, it still will not ratify our debts and our sins because by nature the law was against us which was contrary to us and now he has taken it out of the way having nailed it to the cross having disarmed principalities and powers he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them in it ladies and gentlemen if there is one of the deeper understandings or one of the deeper truths you and I will have to get a hold of is the essence of Christ's death for us to experience this new way of life which is called salvation. Amen. Now verse 16. So let no one judge you in food or in drink. So like I've explained the drink. Drinks that are dedicated to temple worship. All right. Or regarding a festival or a new moon. Do you know what a new moon is? I still see many churches practicing new moon. A new moon simply means at the beginning of the month, you, 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 you bring a special offering. That's why it's called a new moon. So sometimes some of these things that we are playing, it's just new moon. You know, as we have entered into the ninth month, Nine is your month of fruitfulness. The Bible says that for when Zion traveled, she brought forth. Therefore, in this, in this month of September, I want you to believe God for a $90 seed. Don't give $10, $5, $90. If you want to bring forth fruit, I come and sow a fruitfulness seed. Just for the month of September, $90. The Bible calls it new moon. I mean, I do understand when the Spirit of the Lord gives you certain instructions, but please, you don't you can't make that a formula. Amen. And now 10 is coming very soon. They'll come up with something else. 
That's why personally I don't believe in uh being superstitious about the months, okay? Uh five is grace, you know, seven is perfection, eight is uh, new beginnings and all that sort of thing. Because when when you try and stick yourself to set rituals and 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 things like that, the Bible lets us know you are practicing a new moon. And the Jewish people were very superstitious, so things like this really resonated with them. So it was actually a great offense to them when Paul is now talking like this. Great offense. And sometimes you see some Christians which is such a great offense to them. Like, no, I have to do something. You are not understanding. You've not understood Christianity yet. New moon. Or Sabbaths. So please, never argue on SDA. If he wants to worship God on a Saturday, God bless him. If you worship God on a Sunday, the Bible says don't judge. Because why? These things are shadows of things to come. So what Daniel did, it was a shadow of a thing to come. Okay? All that the Old Testament people did about, we don't eat shellfish and everything, it was a shadow of things to come because now we have experienced the substance which is Christ. And that is why when Paul said this with certainty, he could say in 1 Timothy, let's go there. Chapter 4. Now, the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith. They will give heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. So, be careful who you listen to. Amen. Speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding people to marry. They will forbid people to marry. That's a doctrine of the devil. Commanding people to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For, for every creature of God is good. And nothing is to be refused if it is to receive with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Amen. So, do you all understand? So, now back to Romans chapter 14. So, scripture has made it clear that we should not judge people just by the meals they eat or by what they drink. So, like, let me borrow the Muslim term. Whether it's halal, <laughs> dedicated to my God, or haram, a, a pagan term. Or Christians, we can't practice that. Because when we practice that, then we are practicing shadows. You see, when you practice things like that, it, it makes us know that you haven't truly and really experienced Christ. Because the day you, you experience Christ and who he is, uh, some of these things will begin to drop off. Amen. That's why when we see believers who are weak in the faith, instead of us turning it into an argument, we should just love them. Accept them as they are weak. 
And maybe like Pastor Robert said, perhaps by our conduct, they might be able to get some understanding of what true Christian liberty is. Amen. All right. So one of the comments, we make God small. That's so true. We do. I remember last, we are in 2021. Three years ago, 2018. That's Jessica and I went to a place to go and witness. And it was a gay pride rally. We went there, we witnessed, we talked with all of them. They even gave us some of their drinks or whatever. We drank it and we kept on preaching. I remember it was very sunny. And they gave us water and we drank it. And as we drank it, we kept on preaching. And you know, when I was there, I was just talking about that. Look, I thank God that we are really free from religion. Look at this sunny, hot weather. Someone has given us water. We are now coming to argue about same sex. And we just drank it and kept on preaching. You see, the thing I found funny is that they preach so much about tolerance, but they have little or no tolerance for your view. That was one of the hypocrisies of them. And that, is, that has only been my bone with them. They don't practice what they preach. They, they talk about tolerance, but they are the most intolerant of people or groups of people I've ever met in my life. Amen. Try, try witnessing at a, at a gay pride. You will understand what I'm saying. Amen. But they will want you to accept their view without caving in to even yours. Amen. So verse 5. One person esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it to the law, and he who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. He who eats, eats to the Lord, for he gives thanks. And he who does not eat, that is meats. Okay, so the subject of meats. So it's not just talking about fasting. It's talking about the meats. Like what Peter experienced when he was going to preach to Cornelius. God was saying that I'm going to open the door of the gospel to this other nation who my son died for. And when he gave Peter a vision of meats, he became offended. His Jewishness kicked in. I'm a Jew, I can't eat this. And the Lord said that, that which I have consecrated and made clean, do not call unclean. Amen. So the Bible is letting us know that for the people who does not eat, to the Lord he does not eat and gives thanks. For none of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. For if we live to the Lord, and if we die also to the Lord, therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord. So, Paul is strictly talking about believers, okay? He's not just talking about anybody. So, this is not a blanket statement. This is purely to believers. Amen. So, Paul has addressed the issue of a day, and addressed the issue of diet. Amen. So, based on this, why do we still argue with people like SDA and things like that? I would like to hear your views on that. Sorry, can you repeat the question? Um, based on this, why do we have um, 
arguments like with people like SDA and things like that because there are some Christians who never get along with SDA people and they treat them like the devil. Why? Because SDA, they don't eat certain meals, right? They don't eat certain meats and they worship the Lord on a Saturday than the traditional Sunday. So why, why is it that we, we can't seem to have that cohesiveness? You know, Paul, Paul says something in Ephesians 4.3. Endeavor to promote the bond of the spirit in the unity of peace. So how 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 can we can't promote the bond of the spirit in the unity of peace among Christian brethren? Is my question clear? Yes, thank you. Okay. So I think it's two things. Uh, we lack love. We lack love uh, for one another in the body of Christ. Uh, we do not see, number two, we don't see each other as made in the image of God. And number three is the spirit of pride at work. Mm. Um, if the spirit of pride was not there, I think we would see each other differently and we would have less arguments over things like you worship Saturday, I worship Sunday. Like it's very, it's very silly, very, very silly. So, yeah, I, I think we lack the emotional healthiness in the body of Christ. This is what I have to Amen. Yes, sir. Yeah, um, thank you, Pastor Steve. It's a big question that Gospel and the teachings of the gospel. I think that the key word um, 
whilst we were reading was, I mean, what is missing and, and all the scriptures that um, you put up is we have not come to accept our fellow believers. <laughs> I wonder whether we would have them for um, the general humanity. We don't and we are lost in our little tiny world. Um, forgetting that God's will not the Lord. Thank you for this insight. Amen. Who else? I won't bother even reading verse 9, so I'll just stop at verse 8 and take any question or contribution because uh, it's 8 o'clock. So, last contribution or question or anything, and then we'll wrap it up. Like what um, uh, Pastor Chris mentioned, it's so true. You know, that's why when you read in First Corinthians chapter 3, Paul dealt with this issue. It's called sectarianism. You've not understood Christianity yet. My bishop is better than yours. You know. Um, Paul and Apollos. I love Paul. I love Apollos. Sa- same thing. Sectarianism. You divide Christians and sects. And all these things come as a result of we don't understand Christianity very well. So, Romans... The reason why people will behave the way they behave is because of doctrine. That's why before we talk about behavioral, we have to first of all look at your theology and your doctrine. And Paul takes his time from chapters 1 to 11 to establish a strong foundational truth on doctrine. That's what makes the book of Romans a masterpiece. And then from chapters 12 to 16 now, due to your doctrine, this is how you will live your life. So I believe that sometimes people are living the way they are living just because of doctrine. Doctrine is wrong. Your theology will be wrong. When your theology is wrong, your thinking will be wrong. When your thinking is wrong, your behavioral patterns and actions will also become wrong. So, God, please expose us to the right doctrine that it will affect our theology. And when I talk about theology, I'm talk- theology means of God. Okay? May, may, may our doctrine affect our theology of who you are, God. And may it promote in us right thinking. Because once we are able to think aright, our behavior and our actions will begin to follow suit. And it will not surprise us that we will begin to live like this, where we will practice true Christian liberty and true Christian love. Because our thinking is right, and our thinking is right as a result of our theology being right, and and our theology has become corrected as a result of doctrine. Amen.
So that's all time will allow me to share today. Amen. Thank God for grace. Amen. So sometimes when you are spiritual, you defy convention. So that when I come, I just teach the word of God. When I sat down and I opened the Bible and I was, you know, I just felt, you know what, change the format today. And I'm glad I listened. Amen. So that's it. Let's be Christians. True Christianity is love. Love. Let's remember that. Amen. So what, what have we taken home tonight? In your own words. I'll open the floor to everybody before we close. So what have we all learned? Accept what God accepts. Amen. What have we I want to know, what have we all learned? Um, for me, the verse verse one of chapter fourteen really spoke to me. I mean, after reading the other versions, I had not. I usually read that in the New King James, so I, I had not really paid attention to what he's saying. But when you when you read it in the other versions, uh, she has said under believers who are weak and don't argue with them about what you think is right or wrong. That um, spoke to me. <laughs> So it's not everything that we have to be apologetic or apply the principles of Christian apology to. Is it is it right if I say so? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. Who else? One more and then we are done. Today we are six minutes over time. Of London. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just um, I just uh, like the discussion um, concerning uh, uh, you know bridging the gap of like unbelievers and believers um, by showing them Christ through you know it doesn't. Just because a bottle of water comes from a certain person doesn't mean that you don't drink it. You know, it's um, it could be a moment where you could bring somebody to Christ so, with wisdom, of course. Amen. God bless you. So, as we are reading this and as we are studying this. It's dawned on me so strongly how doctrine is very important. So I want us to pray that, Lord, may we have the right doctrine so that it can affect our view of you. And when our view of you is scriptural or in your lens of the Bible, it will affect how we think. And it will affect our behavior. So it will all start with doctrine. It will all start with doctrine. You don't just develop bad theology. 
They revile bad theology as a result of your doctrine or your teaching. So today we're going to pray, Lord, right doctrine. Is it any surprise that one day Jesus looked at his disciples and told them, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And, and they got confused, like, ah, but we don't have bread with us. Why is he talking like that? You know, the disciples got very confused. And the Bible lets us know that they didn't know that Jesus was referring to the teaching of the Pharisees. Beware of the leaven. So we pray that may we not eat leaven, but may we eat the bread of life. Amen. So may our doctrine be right. For us to really live like true Christians, may our doctrine be right. It goes a long way. So now, can you now see why the book is, the, the structure of the book of Romans is the way it is? Your doctrine has to be right if you are going to live for Christ. Amen. Father, thank you. Pray in the next minute. Thank you, Lord. May my doctrine be right. May my theology of you be right. That I might think in line with your word. As a man thinks, so is he. May my actions and my behavior be a reflection that I truly know you. But it starts with doctrine. May my doctrine be right, O Lord. Help me to discern leaven from real bread because your word is the bread of life. May I not be susceptible to leaven, but may I, may I eat the bread of life that will cause me to see you like how you want me to see you. May I have the correct lens on because my theology is right and my thinking is right. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We don't want to live according to the popular thoughts, but we want to live according to your word, just as it's explicitly stated. We give you praise, O Lord. Father, may we experience the substance of you and not shadows. Deliver us from shadows, O Lord. May we experience the substance of you. In this year of knowing Christ, may Christ become real to us because we have experienced his substance, which is his person, and we can safely say so. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the, 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 the teaching is in two parts, so <laughs> I, I don't know how much of it was not recorded, but at least half is better than none, okay? So at least we have two recordings. I, I, I must admit, I hate this new iPhone. For some reason, I, I, I just don't like this new iPhone at all. Amen. That's, uh, that, that's, that's another case for another day. Amen. So God bless you all. Saturday, we meet for prayer meeting. You know, it's just once a month. So we are meeting from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, I hope to see all of you and we'll all have a good time praying as we start the month of October alright with a time of prayer. So, God bless all of you and good night. Thanks for attending.
night.